1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Celtic close in on the signing of Benjamin Seagrest. Rangers have been linked with another striker and Liverpool agree a fee with Aberdeen for Calvin Ramsey. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Mark Wilson. Delighted to be here again, Andrew, talking about all the big points that are going on uh, midway through June. And it seems like things are starting to move along now. I think the players have, and the clubs have had their rest and behind the scenes... Now the wheels are, are starting to get in motion with things where we've seen transfer news involving Aberdeen. We've seen managerial appointments and Dundee United could be close to another managerial appointment and transfer rumours. So what's to talk about tonight? Yeah, well, the internationals are over. The fixtures for next season come out tomorrow. The transfer news is ramping up. So we want to hear from you. 0141951 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde. SSB. It seems like last season just finished and we're already finding out tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow, nine o'clock, the fixtures yeah. come out and that'll then start to feel like the next season's upon us already. Well, that's when preparations do become real because managers, clubs will start to put things in play for certain fixtures. And the fans, of course, it's all about the fans. It's such a big time of the season where that fixture list comes out and the fans get their first glimpse at it and they can start planning their away days and they can start planning when, for instance, Celtic play Rangers in the New Year fixture. It is so important. And of course, here in the west of Scotland, then all eyes are drawn to that fixture. You know, when is it? How far into the season is it? When is it after uh, or run about the new year period and when is that all important third and how it shapes up? So lots to look forward to and that was always a time that I loved in the season. Andrew, just a player as well, just seeing those big games, those big away days, you know, away to Tynecastle, away to Pataudry. How does that fit into your season? Who are you starting? Because that's always important. You think back to last season, Celtic away at Tynecastle and it was such a hard game and then... You know, if you get a home fixture, a favourable fixture, and uh, if your rival's away from home, it's a good opportunity to get your season off and running. So, looking forward to seeing that tomorrow afternoon. The season just st- seems to start earlier and earlier every <laughs> yeah. year. I was looking on yeah. Twitter over the last couple of days. I think Livingston are already back in pre-season training. Aberdeen are as well. So, I mean, what are we? It's the 16th of June at the I moment. Mean, but I suppose with the Premier Sports Cup group stage that the football comes around really quickly. I would be disgusted if I was a player, Andrew. And the 16th of June, I was back in pre-season. I, I mean, for me, it was always the norm that we were back the last week in June or the first week in July. The first week in July was probably the norm. And you always knew as a player, when you got to May, and if you were lucky enough to get to the Scottish Cup final, it was always the last week in May, that you had at least four weeks to rest uh, and recover. But like the window is getting shorter and shorter for recovery, especially if you play at the top end of the game in international football. But even if you don't, because of the Premier Sports Cup games, then even the part-time teams are back in training I mean some part time teams uh, were back in uh, last week as well so it, it just seems to be one big cycle now now of course for the fans it's brilliant for us it's brilliant because we can't wait until everyone gets back and we can get a proper look at the squads but for the players it must be incredibly difficult because mentally nowadays you're not getting a lot of time to kind of take your mind off things but 
That comes with a job That comes with a territory That's why they get paid Much more money than I did Andrew back in my day Well let's hear from you 01419511025 Whether it's transfer news Or anything else That's on your mind Give us a call Or you can send us a tweet At ClydeSSB A few bits of transfer news Caught my eye today The the first of which Celtic closing in On the free signing Of former Dundee United Goalkeeper Benjamin Seagrace They left Tanadice At the end of last season Ange Postacoglu Has been looking for Another goalkeeper To add competition It looks as if he become their second signing after making Cameron Carter-Vickers loan deal permanent. This was one that was, there was a few rumours about it last week it now looks as if this one is imminent uh, a free signing, do you think that's a smart piece of business for Celtic? No brainer for me when you had the disaster that was Barkas and I think everybody wished Barkas all the best when he went of course it didn't work out at all for him at Celtic but it's such an important position to, to get right and Ange Postacoglu got it right with Joe Hart. He, he quickly realised he needed somebody in there and they got him in. He, he knew that Bain wasn't going to be the number one and you, you could clearly see that in the opening games of the season. Um, and I I don't think Bain does much wrong, but I think when you're Celtic number one, you have to have a presence. You, you've got to make big stops at big times. And Bain did that sometimes, but not all the time. Hart certainly did. But you can't rely on Joe Hart Again, playing the full season. You just can't put all your eggs in one basket and think this is the guy he sees through. And then you leave yourself short. If it's Bain on the bench, then who backs him up? So it was a no-brainer for me. Seagrist is someone that I think has been linked to both Celtic and Rangers over the last couple of years because of his form. I think he's been an outstanding goalkeeper. When you look at the list of goalkeepers in the league, Craig Gordon, Joe Hart, McGregor, maybe the only ones better than him. And that's reflected in Dundee United's league position, where they finished last year. If you look at the goals against, I think the same as Hearts. Um, so he's been an outstanding goalkeeper for um, a few years now, and I think it's only a natural progression for him to move up the ladder a bit. And I, I think he'd be the perfect understudy for Joe Hart at this time. Is it maybe a surprise then that having played a lot of football at Dundee United, been there number one, he's now left in a free transfer... That he's not going somewhere that he's maybe guaranteed first team football. There's talk that you know there's English clubs that are after him. Potentially, he would go down there and, and walk into a starting lineup somewhere. The fact that he's going in at Celtic does that mean that he's he's maybe happy to go in and play understudy? Maybe he thinks he can go in and challenge Joe Hart. I think he will. I think he'll have every confidence in his ability, how he's playing. I mean, the, the draw is Celtic is a huge draw. When that gets dangled in front of you. I mean, opportunities like that don't come along often, especially when you're 30. So I think he would truly believe that he can challenge Joe Hart and push him all the way. And plus, he must look at Joe Hart as well and think, maybe this guy can't go on forever. Maybe yeah, I mean, he isn't. 30 is young for a goalkeeper these exactly. days. You look yeah. at the age of Alan McGregor and Craig Gordon. If Benjamin Seagrass thinks yeah. that he can <laughs> he can play until that age, though, then he'll think, you know what, I've, I've got a chance of staking my claim here. And potentially, you know, if Joe Hart moves on or gets a wee bit older, then I could be the one to, to fill I, in there. I think he'd be thinking exactly that, Andrew. I think even he, he may think, he may sacrifice this first year and think, let's look at the bigger picture here. Let's settle in for a year, you know, see how the club is, fit into it perfectly well, and then wonder what Joe Hart's going to do after that. So, on paper, it looks like a great fit for all. 01419511025, we want to hear from you, so give us a call, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. I think coming into this summer, not a lot of people 
would have been looking at Celtic's goalkeeping area as one that they urgently needed to address. But is that the beauty of bringing in someone on a free transfer that if you're having to spend money on different areas of the pitch, whether it's, you know, six million plus on Cameron Carter-Vickers, a similar fee on Jota that Celtic fans are hoping to get over the line, if you're able to go in, fill that area and not have to spend a transfer fee on it, that'll be... Big for Celtic Of course it is I mean the opportunity has to Present itself First and foremost I still think I still think Ange Postacoglu Would have pursued a goalkeeper If you let one go Like Barkas um, I think there is a A gap there For Maybe a stronger backup um, To being I keep saying it I like being I don't think he's done much wrong But I just think when you're You hold that position at Celtic it's, You've got to be top notch Now Hart Has been that Will he be that next year? Well, there's no reason to doubt it, but he's he's getting on in life. So when a free transfer like that presents itself and he's here in this country and he knows the game and he's played against all these players up here, then there's no real surprises with it. So you've got to be quick. You've got to act quickly because you mentioned it. It's clubs down south sniffing about and they'll, they'll quickly offer something decent to him. So the sooner Celtic can get that tied up, the better. It's about having that strength and depth as well because when there's so many competitions on the go Celtic going straight into the Champions League group stages you've got the League Cup, you've got the Scottish Cup you've got the Premiership, Celtic trying to retain that title as well they're going to have to mix and match and if you can do it with your goalkeepers as well that that does become a big help What's Rangers last year, didn't we? With the the Cup goalkeepers and you know, it was... I was all the way through you know Van Bronckers honoured it all the way through and you just wonder if Seacrest comes and he proves he's good enough in training then he might get an opportunity I'm a great believer you always need a number one and your number one has to play in the big games but you said it there Andrew there's so many games within a season now there are opportunities to play a strong number two and not lose real really anything from it so I think if he has that talk with the manager I think that would sell him thinking he's going to come in this first year get some football and then maybe progress the following year if Celtic can get that Benjamin Seagrace signing over the line it's actually show how far Celtic have come under Ange Postacoglu because you look at the end of the season before he came in Celtic didn't have a goalkeeper on their books really that, mm. that any of the Could supporters Trusted, yeah, <laughs> to, put, to put it that way, yeah. Uh-huh. So, but at that point, it was a key area that needed addressed. If Celtic can then go into this season, one year after Ange Postecoglou's come in, you've got Joe Hart, you've got Benjamin Seagrace, who has been rated as one of the top goalkeepers in the league as well, and yeah. then Scott Bain as a as another option in there. I, I keep saying it, it's one of your most important positions to fill, both ends of the pitch. A striker who can score you goals, a goalkeeper who can save the ball and keep it out the net and command your back four. Ange Postecoglou or any any good manager, top manager, will recognise that right away and he fixed the problem. But I'll go back to it. You cannot rely on one guy to play every single game. Who knows what could happen? Joe Hart could get injured in the first game of the season. And when you've got the league, the Champions League coming up, followed by the Premier Sports Cup, and then it's got there's an awful lot of ground there to cover. So he needs to know that he's got a backup that he can rely on. Well, let's hear from you. 01419511025 on the phones. Whatever's on your mind, whether it's transfers, whether it's still international football that's on your mind, we want to hear from you. 01419511025. And it is now the 16th of June. We've seen Celtic make one transfer so far in Cameron Carter Vickers. The Jota deal is the next one that Celtic fans will have their eye on and have had their eye on. Travel agents. (laughs) 
Because he's just he's every been everywhere, hasn't he? He's, he's been everywhere. On. I mean, what a holiday he's having. I, he played an awful lot of games and he, he was entertaining, so he deserves his break. But every time I put on Twitter, he's in some other part of the world. I think Celtic fans are getting a wee bit, a wee bit anxious, a wee bit nervous that um, Carter Vickers is done. And I think a lot, including me, thought that might have been the complicated one to mm-hmm. get done. I thought the Jota one would have been easier to get done. But something is dragging on. And I still believe Celtic will get it done, but I think the fans want it done for day one of pre-season. I think that there is merit in that, getting everybody who was successful last season, who you can get back in that building in day one, I think there's merit in doing that. So if Jota can be completed in the next week, Celtic fans will be delighted. Yeah, because we don't know the full details of what's going on behind the scenes. It could be a case of Jota flies back in from his holiday, signs the contract, and then... There's the picture with the scarf over the head and he's unveiled the Celtics next yeah. signing. But the longer time goes on, that's when maybe doubts start to, to creep into the minds of supporters and they're wondering, right, OK, are, are we going to need to possibly plan for him not coming back yeah. next season? Because I think Celtic fans will think they've seen it that often. Particularly when the managers were trying to put together a squad and they, they hadn't qualified for the Champions League, so they didn't know what their budget was or was going to be and Celtic fans seen players just leave and 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 transfer targets quickly vanish. With Jota, he made that much an impression and they know Celtic have got the money, they know the Champions League there. I think a lot of them are thinking, well, what is this stumbling block? But Andrew, you're right. Jota could just be away enjoying his holiday and said, you know what, I'll just sign up when I get back. And Ange Postacogo might be saying, brilliant, okay, that's great. Sign up when you get back. Everyone else, you know, without any confirmation, starts making up things or, or suspecting other things. But um, if it's done within the next week or two, then, you know, Celtic fans will be over the moon. I don't think being a football manager is relaxing in any way, shape or form. I think you can attest to that. But with Ange Postacoglu <laughs> last season, it would have been coming into a football club that was in turmoil, needed to sign so many players. The fact that the fixtures come out tomorrow, how much more relaxed do you think he will be now than he was last summer? Because there's less business to do. He said that. They won't be signing as many players as they did last summer. Will that make it a lot easier? The fact he knows exactly where they're going into in terms of Europe as well? Or... Will this still feel like a huge, huge summer with so much pressure as it seems to be for most managers most of the time? Aye, on the face of it, you would think it must be easier for them. But maybe last year, you know what it's like when things just happen instinctively for you. You come in, you're in the country, it's 100 miles an hour and you take over and one thing falls the other. He's had a good few weeks now to think about what's upcoming and sometimes that can be more difficult you know sometimes you start overthinking things I don't think he will I don't think he seems that type of character at all Um, but there's an awful lot of games coming up Um, there's a lot of big games coming up the fixture list will be across tomorrow uh, you know first thing in the morning and he'll be meticulously planning what that pre-season looks like in comparison to what those fixtures and upcoming games are. 01419511025 on the phones. Kevin is a Celtic fan in Bells Hill. Kevin, first of all, if Celtic are going to sign Benjamin Seagrest, is that a move you'd like to see? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've not against, against Spain. Yeah, but that would be a great sign. Yeah, I think it's as simple as that really, Mark, isn't it? If you've got a guy who's on a free transfer, he's proven in the league, if he's happy enough to come in and and provide that competition, then 
Celtic will be delighted if they can get him in of course uh, the free transfer thing is uh, is a big thing I mean even think if there was some money to exchange hands between Celtic and United if he was under contract I still think it would be a good move but it's so one position that you need people to push the other and Joe Hart ultimate professional was fine last year you, you, you probably don't need that but if something happens you need Bain and another to be fine out to get the best out of them Kevin generally from a, a Celtic point of view how are you feeling going into the early stages of this transfer window really positive um, Peter Vickers done obviously Jota um, the young fellas enjoying himself with so many holidays I think and it's my personal opinion I think the deal's already done he's let him, the young boy enjoy himself come back pre-season and then that's us I mean it could well be the case Mark that, that it's all signed and sorted but I think Cameron Carter-Vickers was maybe in the US at the time on international duty when the deal was announced to sign him so it is possible for the deals to be announced while players are away but the thing is we, we just don't know what, what it is at the moment They can't track Jota in to, to send him to send him a copy of the contract I don't think to, to sign it but, I mean he seems to be in more photos with Celtic fans with Celtic strips on than he does his family members so I mean, all joking aside, that would be a good thing. I know the Celtic fans will go up and ask him for that, but he seems happy. He seems looks relaxed. Uh, and there's like there's no negative noises out of Celtic Park. How many times in the past have we heard that you hear rumours, you know, that things might not all be well and this and that might be happening? I've not heard any of that out of Celtic Park, so you'd assume that's a good thing. Kevin, are there any other areas in the Celtic team in particular that you're hoping they'll strengthen soon? Well, uh, they're talking about an Argentinian boy. I, I can't pronounce his name. Um, for to push Greg Taylor. Go on, Andrew. You'll I, think pronounce I think it's Burnaby is how it's pronounced. It's not too bad, but um, Burnaby. Burnaby, ah. I believe. Uh, is that a nickname? Is that his full name? No, it's, it's surname. It's surname. Oh, right, okay. Like Bernabeu, like Real Madrid Stadium, but with an I at Bernabeu. the end instead of a, a uh, U. That's I think not that is. hard, Kevin. <laughs> uh, sorry, after a few sherbets. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that's. I mean, that this is what the transfer season is all about. You see the speculation here and there. You get linked with players. All of a sudden, you're doing a crash course in whatever player it is that you'd never heard of 24 hours ago. And all of a sudden, you're right on board. You've seen the YouTube highlights and you're wanting them to sign. But that, that's it. Celtic fans, Kevin seems pretty relaxed. He said, you know, I'm asking him if there's any areas in particular. That will just show the, the confidence that he has in the business that Ange Postacoglu did in the last two yeah, windows. Because as strong as particularly strong at the minute. I mean, comparison to a, a year ago, it is just night and day. There's only a few positions to fill. Now, goalkeeper, backup. One of them looks like that's well on its way to getting done. Um, holding midfielder, probably left back, like Kevin was saying there, maybe for cover for Greg Taylor or for competition. But the rest, I mean, Celtic have got um, great depth. Now, now, I think a couple will go out the door as well, and that will give opportunity for the others to come in. Maybe not starters at the beginning of the season, but it certainly gives scope for them to grow into first-team players. And that's a good position to be in for Ange Postacoglu. Well, thank you to Kevin. Rangers have been linked with another striker. If you've got any thoughts on it, give us a call. 01419511025. You are 
are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141 951 1025. If you've got anything on your mind, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. We'll just be taking a look at. Rangers being linked with young Norwegian striker Eric Bottheim in a second. So if you've got any thoughts on that, 0141951 1025. But there was something I wanted to bring up first, Mark, because seeing you're getting your boots back on. Oh, hi. Yes. We're just looking at the, the, yeah. the Masters is back. I always used to love watching that on the TV. Oh. And you are you're taking part in this. So I was having a look at the, the Celtic and Rangers squads yeah, but for the what, Masters. Let, let me tell you what I've done there, There's Andrew. A couple of questionable names on here, I've, by the way. Uh, uh, so I put out a tweet yesterday uh-huh. um, just saying another winner's medal incoming <laughs> however I think I've uh, jumped the gun a wee bit because I didn't quite see the Liverpool team and the Man United team that followed so I thought you were about to say you hadn't quite seen your teammates now uh, yeah and now you've I, seen uh, them by the way there was an element of that as well um, oh, that'll make them feel good right before the tournament very good <laughs> I'm well, sure they'll I'm a team player I'm all, uh, we'll, be, we'll be having a laugh in the huddle all as excels but no it's good I'm looking forward to it so Rab Douglas in goal for yep. Celtic Yourself and Kelvin Wilson at the oh, back solid The Wilson brothers Stylian Petrov Chris Commons Joe Ledley Good midfield Front two Simon Donnelly And Carlton Cole I mean I, I know he played for Celtic But <laughs> Is this not meant to be Guys that You know Are sort of Fondly remembered by oh. I suppose you're playing as well So it's Oh Don't give us it This is This is the biggest moment In my career Since 2012 uh, Well there's a bit of a, a mix and match in there I, I think and uh, there's, there's, as much of my knowledge should have been one or two others playing in there however other they realised they'd be lining up with you and thought better uh, of they it had a, they had a look at it and <laughs> thought no nah, no thanks but listen our midfield's strong our midfield's as good as any you know depending hopefully Chris Commons is, is looking after himself but I mean Joe Edley Stan Petroff uh, I was with Stan a few weeks ago and he's uh, he still fits a fiddle so looking forward to it we're coming up against a Rangers side that has Carlos Cuellar and Alan Hutton in defence Barry Ferguson Lee McCulloch and Pedro Mendes across the middle Chris Boyd and Michael Moles Aye. up top however they've got Roy Carroll in goal so they've got a sort of rogue selection <laughs> for themselves <laughs> we, as well I think got we about will, one, one Rangers appearance we will batter them there is not much legs in that team I tell you that we will batter them no doubt about it I mean some good individuals Barry Ferguson Chris Boyd goal scorer but they don't like running about. We've we've got the fitness on them, so can't wait for it. I, I bet you the atmosphere's terrific. And I tell you what, see the players on the day, Celtic v Rangers, not played in them for years, but the rivalry will still I be there. I get a bit feisty. Aye. 100% I will There we go Look forward to it 01419511025 Let's get on to the real stuff though Shall yeah. we Rangers uh, I've been linked today With young Norwegian striker Eric Bottheim So he scored 23 goals In 46 games For Bodo Glimt Across the 2021 Sort of calendar year That was the Norwegian season That earned him a move To Krasnodar In Russia in January He hasn't played for them though Due to their invasion of Ukraine The season had shut down His contract has since been Terminated though Because of what has happened In Russia So he would be a free transfer that the talk is that there are quite a few clubs interested in him as a young striker who's, who's scored goals previously but with Rangers sort of looking at a striker it seems as if that is an area that they really are targeting because we've heard the name Ross Stewart crop up a few times as well mm, I, I think you have to really when you look at it and E10 and so on and so forth didn't it work out you're relying heavily Morelos again now, if you've got a striker there, again, that that could be free, who scores 
one and two. I mean, <laughs> that's good going. And we've now, seen Bodo Glimp Bodo, on a good side, say, yeah. Bodo Glimp. If you had said that to us a year ago, Bodo Glimp, it would have meant nothing to us. We would have said, who? But when you saw the players that played against Celtic that night, uh, on those two occasions, how impressive were they? Now, if this boy fitted into that team and scored 23 goals, then he must be a decent player. And if you get a move to that league as well, Russian league, then, you know, you're you're a good a good player. So if that's something Rangers can go over the line and, and get it done for pretty cheap, then... I think they should take that uh, as soon as they can. Yeah, and he scored twice as well. I remember Bodo Glimp beat Roma 6-1 Aye. in the group stages. He scored twice, he scored in, that game, twice in that game. Yeah, so so um, that tells you the level that he's been playing at. You know, and it wasn't a million years ago. You know, it wasn't like, oh, he did this three and four years ago and you're looking for him to replicate it. That's a player who will be hungry to play at the top level again. Once you've experienced that and you get your big move... Out with your control when it's taken away from you, you are desperate to get back in. So you're bringing in a player who's hungry to succeed. 01419511025 on the phones. John is a Rangers fan up next in Paisley. John, how are you feeling about Rangers with the sort of transfer news ramping up? Well, listen, it's very early days so far. But I want to meet, before I get to that point, Mark, Mark Wilson. Yes, John. £50 cash for kids that you don't batter Rangers. All right, OK. Oh, here we go. We've got right. a, a master's hey, wager here. That's an idea. You're the one who your mouth out there saying you're going to batter Rangers. So £50 cash for kids you don't. Right, OK. I'll put up 50 quid as well then, right? No, you pay the 50 quid. What? I don't need to worry because you're a batter Rangers. <laughs> right, well, we'll see. We'll see in July the 8th. John, get yourself there. There we go, please. Responsibly, everyone. But of course, it's, 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 a for, it's for a good donation. cause. It's for a Aye, good cause. But John, John's doing well. He donated to charity there. Well done, John. Right, that's, that's, that's a fair bet. Right, but you've only bought our Rangers, but goalkeeper-wise, you never crashed John McLaughlin up there in the goalkeeper's line, no? Because he's he's not played that often. Oh, come and on, are you, you mean, mean, are you mean in John, when I was saying about Segrist and Craig Gordon and Hart and McGregor? How many class Egress is as good as... I think John McLaughlin is probably more than capable... is probably... is probably the third best goalkeeper in Scotland. Aye. Who, McGregor, who to the heads? McGregor and... Well, I don't like to see his name, but I've got to change Joe Hart, I know. So what about Craig Gordon? Is he getting put out of your top four? Uh, well, 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 I'll give him an order. <laughs> there we go. He's slowly getting relegated down, John McLaughlin, but I think John's point is that you just didn't give John McLaughlin credit earlier. John McLaughlin's a good goalkeeper, but the fact is, he was number two for the majority of the season. We've seen very little of him. When you've got a goalkeeper like Segrist, who's established for a couple of years and was impressive this year, I said about the goals against, I think I'm right in saying it both conceded 44, them and Hearts. Craig Gordon made some outstanding saves and I get it, you can see goals in different ways and the defence could play better, but a goalkeeper's a big part of that. And for me, he has been right up there with the top ones. I'm not saying John McGowan's a bad goalkeeper, John. So, just not as good as Seacrest. But I just think, you know what I mean? I just think, McGowan, if any of you McGregor just been outstanding, as usual, that every time McGowan came in, he was so comfy that... It was just, it was nice, actually, it was quite a blessing to see him coming in, to give McGregor a break, and McGregor doesn't sign, 
Well, maybe you still see great for see the Celtics. Hey, you never know. Maybe we'll get them. Is that something you'd like to see, John? I mean, if, if Alan McGregor doesn't sign up for next season, is, is Seagrest one that you'd rather you saw him at Ibrox? Well, it's a toss-up because you don't know where the boy McCrory went. You've got to name him. But if it came, you needed you wanted an experience one. Then if it wasn't, you would, you would think and take. But can, can Rangers and Celtic compete with the championship with Ferrancoy? Come on, he's 30-year-old is what you said. Can they Ferrancoy? Compete with, with the championship um, Listen the high end Of the championship Probably not The teams that are coming down Getting that parachute Celtic payment Celtic do have Champions League money This season uh, they, they do But they've obviously Got a wage structure The wage structure Down there I mean Teams like Fulham And that last year Probably matched And, and surpassed that John makes a good point though uh, About Seagrest And Rangers You know In a roundabout way I wonder if Rangers were ever interested. I wonder if they ever looked at him. Alan McGregor is up in the air whether he's signing or not. And even if he does sign, how many games will he play? Will he be as good? McLaughlin, good goalkeeper. McCrory, yet shows potential. But we're just chatting about the Celtic situation there with Seacrest that you kind of know what you're getting with this goalkeeper. And even if he is number two, he could push whoever's number one all the way and it'd be an actual challenge show It's quite interesting If Rangers just looked at it and thought mm, No, no for us Is that something that Rangers need to find out An answer on sooner rather than later <laughs> yeah. Because you don't really want to be waiting about A few weeks down the line When you're in pre-season training To see whether your number one goalkeeper From the past few years Is, is going to continue yeah. playing or not We only have to look back To Fraser Forster's situation Craig Gordon had went Celtic put all their eggs in the one basket Think Fraser Forster was signing And before you knew it Two goalkeepers were away and you were left scrambling and look at how much that set Celtic back. Rangers have been so strong in that position for years. McGregor, unbelievable for years and they find themselves in a quite a tricky situation. So I think I think Van Bronckers will be across the situation. I don't think he'll be sitting there actually not knowing what's happening. It's the public, I suppose. The fans don't actually know what's happening. You just wonder when they're going to release that information. Well, thank you to John. 01419511025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. That's what Christopher Martin has done. He says Eric bought time and a free transfer is a no-brainer. A £7 million player who's only a free because of world events looks like he could be the replacement for Buff. And that is the that's the big thing because Rangers still don't know what the situation with Alfredo Morelos is going to be because... You get into this summer where he's got a year left in his contract. Rangers are in that place where they either need to get him to agree a new contract, they need to sell him now, or do they think, you know what, we'll just let him run his, his deal down and have him for another season, and, and is that worth it? I'd be very surprised if they did that. I mean, maybe a couple of seasons ago, you would have maybe thought that. It, it was at that time Rangers' most saleable asset. Yes, and there was that bid. But he was he was going backwards, in my opinion. Until Van Bronckhurst came in and gave him a new lease of life in, the, in European football. Very impressive. So I think Rangers will get that one tied up. I think I think Van uh, Morelos sorry, looks like he's enjoying himself at Rangers at the minute. And unfortunate for him that he didn't get to experience the, the final of the Europa League. Um, but I think he's, he's happy where he is. I think he's happy with the manager. I think the manager has spoke to him, said the right things to him. And I think they will get that over the line. I, I can see Morello's been at Rangers for a long time. 
I mean it's definitely an area that no matter what happens with Morelos that Rangers are looking to strengthen yeah. and look as if they need to anyway because you look at the end of last season Alfredo Morelos is out Kamar Roof has had a poor injury record he was out again Joe Rebo was having to play through the middle in the big European games so it's no surprise that Rangers are now being linked with whether it's Ross Stewart last week or Eric Botheim this week because yeah. Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will be keen to make sure that next season he's not left in a situation where he's going into big games where he doesn't have that natural number nine of course I think it any big club you need three strikers to really sustain a challenge in all fronts and the amount of competition Rangers are going to play in I think Morelos is still going to be the number one striker I think Roof will still play the backup and maybe play off a side sometimes but if they can get someone in like Botheim to really push Morelos and if Morelos is out injured or suspended or whatever that you've got a guy you can rely on to score goals I think Defoe was a good foil for him because he came in and scored goals I think the others that have, have been in that position haven't quite lived up to that. So if you've got three strong strikers, then you've got a chance of winning things. You also don't want to get yourself into a position like Rangers have where Morelos is entering the final year of his contract, Ryan Kent and Joe Aribo are as well. Mm. And their three futures are really up in the air because, as I said, with Morelos, you, you either have to get them to extend their contract or, or sell them on or, or keep them and, and see what happens throughout the season. And that's where, you know, a lot of the fans think this period is used for looking at players and bringing them in a lot of the hard work behind the scenes and upstairs at football clubs is getting these things tied up things that are players that can earn you so much money or worth so much money to the club even if they stay not selling them staying they're worth so much money so those three you know are, are your you know three aces really you need to get them tied up you cannot afford to, to do what Celtic done with the, the Christie and the Ayer and the Edward thing because you end up losing out in the long run well, we'll take a look at Calvin Ramsey's imminent move to Liverpool but anything else that's on your mind 01419511025 01419511025 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Mark Wilson here with me Andrew McLean in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 01419511025 if you want to get in touch or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB and I tell you what I think a lot of people are just more interested in your Masters football involvement than anything else Mark because Chris Miller's been in touch he says Mark Wilson saying the Rangers Masters team have no legs Pedro Mendes and Barry Ferguson are probably fitter now than Wilson was in his prime (laughs) Uh, they're looking actually well They're looking slim But it's different on a football pitch I also like it Chris has signed off his tweet Like a wee email signature Saying From we Chris and Airdrie From we Chris and Airdrie Is he an Airdrie fan? One of them ones that I gave me stick For that That painful year I was in charge Good to see that you've uh, Brushed that off And you're not still ah, thinking about listen, it uh, It was only What Eight years ago But I still remember it Until <laughs> like it was yesterday 01419511025 On the phones Craig is a Rangers fan Up next in West Lothian Craig what's on your mind tonight? Alright guys uh, I've got a couple of points uh, It's just about Scotland It's uh, The first thing that I don't That I'm a little bit confused about And don't get is Steve Clark has used these resources really well by finding players at Bikes and Che Adams that can come in and improve the squad uh, through obviously the rule of either being in the country for a certain period of time or having a relative. I just don't understand why they haven't took the same approach to James Tavenier. He's never ever going to get a cap for England. I don't think he's ever had one, so I think he'd be eligible. He's been here for over five years. And 
Chris, I'll, I'll, uh, Craig, sorry, I'll stop you there and, and just say that there are sort of two separate rules that you're talking about there and you've outlined them slightly, but Lyndon Dykes and Shea Adams both qualify through the family link. They've both got family that were born in Scotland that goes up to the grandparents. So if you've had a grandparent that was that was born or a Scottish resident, then you can represent Scotland. The, the way that you're talking about James Tavernier being eligible is to do with residency rules and that there's talk that I I think across the world you can play for a country if you've been a resident there for five years or over but the sort of home nations have this agreement that the residency rule only applies if you are schooled in that country and have been there for five years under the age of 18 so I remember there being a bit of talk a few years ago about James Tavernier potentially being eligible but he isn't actually eligible just based on the, the rules that are in play at the moment Oh right, I honestly didn't know that. I just thought it would have been a good idea to kind of have someone like like him on the right with um, kind of Ralston or Patterson as the as the right centre, kind of the same as what we've got with uh, Robertson and Tierney. Because I think one of the problems Scotland have right now is a lot of teams know that that's our dominant side, and they know if they nullify that side, it kind of stops us playing. Um, so it would have just been good to have something on the other side I suppose we could always try the same approach with Ralston and Patterson in the same team at the same time Do you think that works Mark? I mean we've seen how big a miss it is when Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson aren't linking up with each other down the left Steve Clark hasn't really tried to replicate that at all when Kieran Tierney's been missing with someone that you know is, is maybe naturally a, a fullback but can play it on the left or the right of a back three do you think there are the options in the squad for Scotland to try that with other players like the right hand side like Craig's saying I think so I think the options there certainly to play Ralston probably right centre half and Parson right wing back I think that's the way it would go I don't think you would do it the other way with, with Parson right centre back I think we've got a good option there at right centre back with a fit John Suter though who, who can do that job brilliantly that's, that's John's one of his biggest strengths is getting the ball at his feet for the goalkeeper and literally just breezing by people. Uh, fortunate enough to play alongside him when he was a young lad, 17, and he would do that then at Dundee United. So I think when you, you get him at his peak, playing, if Steve Clark's going to stick with that system, him playing right centre half and Ralston or Patterson outside him would work similarish. I don't know if you'll ever get the actual pace and intensity that Tierney and Robertson have on that side, but you make it pretty close. Craig? Yeah, I just, I just think it would be a good shout to try, because as I said, right now it's kind of like, we've noticed over the last couple of games when we don't have that link between Tierney and Robertson, our play's completely different. I think a, a lot of the times we end up trying to go a wee bit too direct. Um, so I just think if we could manage to replicate something similar on the right-hand side, which Mark's probably right, if Suter's really fit, you could probably have him there and then Ralston and Parson battling for the right-hand side. But I just think it's important to have that balance on both sides of the pitch because it makes it so much easier for a team when they know they just need to shut down one side of the pitch and it's going to completely nullify the way a team plays. Yep. So it'd be good if we could replicate it on both sides. Craig, spot on. I, I think that was so evident um, in the Ukraine game that Andy Robertson was so isolated that he didn't have Tierney, but the Ukrainians quickly identified that that's, that's Scotland's outball. And every time it went to Hickey, you know, kind of it stopped in its tracks. And I think that's been the case for a long time now. I think you need you need that balance. And look, we've got the players there. It's about getting the, those young players fit and enough game time. Nathan Parsons is a big one. 
You know, he broke on his scene, fantastic potential, got his big move, but he needs to play regular football to get up to the standard that we need in that right-hand side for him to be a Scotland right-wing back for the next five, six, however many years that we can rely on the same with Tiernan Robertson. It was quite evident from the Armenia game that one of the things that Steve Clark will probably look at most in this period of time that he's got off is, is that back three. He had to do a lot of chopping and changing yeah. throughout the international break. There's obviously injuries, a lot of games in a, a short period of time. But when you saw the defending against Armenia, how easy it was for them to get in behind the, the back three at times looked all over the place. That's yeah. something that's going to need to be addressed going forward. I think out the full team, that's that's been the worry. If you take Tierney out of that, then Tierney out of that back three, who are the who are the certain starters that you could go in there and hang your hat on? Now, I think Hanley over the piece has been impressive. I think he's he's got enough pace about him. And he's commanding. But the right centre half, even when you look back to the Euros, you know, and McTominay was in there, he's lovely in the ball, but defensively, maybe not suited to that position. And we chopped and we changed. We never seem to have a settled back three. I think that's why John Suter's so important. If he can go to Rangers, get himself fit, play every week at a top level, a high level, I think he will make that right centre half position his own. If you've got Tierney in the left, a fully fit Kieran Tierney in the left, it leaves that middle position up for grabs and I suppose whoever's performing best at their club will get that. But it has been an Achilles heel over this past three weeks. Will it be a concern that going into the Armenia game, Suter again wasn't available? I think the, the talk coming out of Rangers was that he was sort of taking out the Scotland squad as a precaution. But these things with John Suter have cropped up his whole career, whether it's injuries or you know a very stop-start career he's had just not really been able to put together a run of games and I hope that this will be a, a fresh start for him and, and going into a, a, you know, a different team a different environment he'll be hoping that he can get a lot more game time but it's just a case of waiting and seeing really how he, it's how he it's out his hands Andrew I, I really do sympathise with him because he's got he, the injuries that he's had don't clear up easily you know and I think supporters have got to realise that that it's not a quick fix it's not a broken leg that when you heal it that's it I mean, John Suter's had these problems and they will continue to be problems. I'm, I'm pretty certain of that. It's how the club manages it, how John Suter manages it, what games he plays, how he makes himself available for the big ones. But there's no doubt about it, he's an exceptional talent. And if he plays to to the level I believe he can be, then I don't think we'll have any problems from a Scotland point of view in that right-hand centre-half. Well, thank you to Craig. That's probably about all for calls tonight. Just running out of time, but a topic I wanted to touch on, Liverpool and Aberdeen. It looks as if they've agreed a fee for Calvin Ramsey. The 18-year-old looks set to move to the Premier League side for a fee of around £4 million plus around £2.5 million in add-ons. And getting money for your young players is something that Scottish clubs have been have been desperate for do you think that's a, a really good deal that Aberdeen have done because it looks as if they've, they've tried to hold out for as long as possible well well done to Aberdeen first and foremost for holding out um, and being brave you know not taking the first offer and I think more their clubs should be like that um, because for too long we've sold our young players on the cheap and they've went down to England and they've performed well for you know years and years and then came back up the road at the tail end of their career so Aberdeen and and the young boy, you know, Calvin Ramsey's got to take huge credit. Slightly, I mean, I must admit, I'm slightly surprised. He's he's played 33 games or, or something, and he wasn't really a regular 
in that Aberdeen side. You know, Stephen Glass left him out of teams. Jim Goodwin left him out of sides. So it's a big move for him. Delighted for the boy because his wage will go up astronomically. And uh, again, though, it's like Nathan Parson. I just hope he gets enough game time when he goes there. Now, I don't believe he'll... Yeah, because be obviously he's got, he's got Trent Alexander-Arnold in front of him. Aye. There's Nico Williams who performed well at Fulham on loan. He could potentially <laughs> go tricky. there, but it's not an easy area to get some game time. It, it certainly isn't. But he'll be working under a, an outstanding team, whether that's the the under-23s or whatever it is down there, and playing against top opponents. But I just hope he doesn't vanish from our sight. It's, I mean, he's still young. He's still got a lot of improving to do. But if you're 18 moving for four and a half million, Liverpool certainly do their homework in players and they've seen something they really like in this boy and fingers crossed he's one for us for the future who's challenging Nathan Patterson and Anthony Ralston. Yeah, well, thank you for listening in tonight. Thank you for your calls and your tweets. I'll be back tomorrow night with Roger Hanna and of course at nine o'clock tomorrow, the fixtures are out and that's when the build-up to next season really starts to ramp up. I'm looking forward to that. Stick around tonight because Johnny Campbell is up next.